world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that freedom forgot, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. Hello, hello, everybody. You're going to be listening to this on uh, 1219, which is uh, six short days from uh, Christmas. Yep. And uh, this show is not going to be um, on topic or on point. It's a special recording Sandy and I are doing a year year end. And uh, I get so many people requesting uh, the, the books that I recommend, recommended reading list and everything. And I thought this would just be a great way. Let's let's do a special show uh, before we do the year-end wrap show. But let's just do a special show, uh, Sandy and I, and give you guys some definitions and give you a reading list of books uh, that you should all uh, read, with you, including your friends and family. And uh, I ran it past Sandy, and he goes, hmm, I like that, which he hardly ever likes anything, by the way. <laughs> What you're going to find, the topic of most of these books, except for three of them, is the reoccurring theme is uh, dystopian. And uh, it's dis it describes a society that's conceived uh, to be perfect, but dystopian is the exact opposite. It describes an imaginary society that is as dehumanizing and unpleasant as possible. And maybe, I know maybe not too imaginary at this it's point. It's not imaginary anymore, and that's one of the reasons why... <clears throat> All of these books that we're going to discuss ring true so much because yeah. history repeats itself, mm -hmm. and uh, that's why we're trying to erase history and monuments in this in this country because it's easier to control people if they don't have history to compare it to. Yeah, exactly right. Right? We want to start with like zero-based uh, budgeting. Get rid of whatever we did last <laughs> yeah, time and, yeah. and start out fresh. <laughs> yeah. It's like getting the, you know Men in Black where they use that flash thing, yeah, but right. none of us right. have those black glasses on. That's what the World Economic <laughs> Forum hopes to do. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'd like to, anyway, I got, I got plans for the World Economic Forum, but that's another thing. <clears throat> so before we get into the dystopian books, there's two other books I want to talk about. And number one is one that I, um, I'm producing. I'm one of the executive producers for the movie, which is Necessary Evil. And it was written by my buddy uh, Kareem Hayes. And uh, Necessary Evil is a tale based on the social ecology of New York City's drug trade during the early to mid-90s. I felt this was a powerful story that had to be told. The generation gap between the 1980s and the new millennium needed to be filled. This is about the forgotten children of Run DMC and Rich Porter who became the misfit parents of New York's Bloods, Crips, and URL Battle League. This is about a time when Mayor Giuliano and the RICO law persecuted lower-level drug dealers, while hip-hop was in its golden age, proving to be a substantial art form that became an economic powerhouse. Using three main characters' lives, we experience the times and struggles of young urban America while examining a crucial time period in New York's recent history. And Kareem has sold close to 100,000 of these books himself, bootstrapped. And he's managed to have a GoFundMe account, and he's managed to befriend me and be a member of the range with him and his family and his uh, buddy, uh, Jamal Toth, who's the director. And uh, we're in the final uh, stretch now of it being a uh, short story, so it can go into all the film festivals and everything. So it's available on Amazon. It's available at NecessaryEvil.com. You can buy it direct so that Bezos' uh, girl can't get more Botox or whatever. If her boobs get any higher, he won't need that phallic rocket to have them touch the moon. So uh, Necessary Evil is one book. Of course, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about, especially being uh, six days before Christmas, Decoding Firearms by uh, John Petrolino. I was interviewed by Rob Beckman the other night. That's coming out on 1221, and he asked me to recommend a, a book for trainers or whatever. You know, John's book 
takes it to the next level after taking an NRA basic pistol course. And it's so easy to read and there's so many illustrations yeah. and diagrams that um, I, I think everybody should have this book. It should be um, on your list of Christmas gifts that you should buy somebody, any new gun owner, to go out and spend a whopping $15, $16 and buy them Decoding Firearms by John Petrolino. And again, it's available through uh, Big Tech. You can also buy it here at uh, Gun For Hire. So support those who support you. So now we fall into uh, dystopian. And uh, dystopian, one of my favorite uh, subjects all the time, and uh, there's many, many books that were written on this subject. One of my favorites was written uh, by Barry Linton, L-I-N-T-O-N, and it's The Rise and Fall of the Roman Empire, mm -hmm. Life, Liberty, and the Death of the Republic. You know, we're a constitutional republic, right? Right. It's no, uh, it's no secret that the framers and founders of this country took uh, Greek law, Roman law, uh, British law, the Mayflower Pact, uh, Northampton, and everything when they wrote the uh, Constitution. Nor is it a mystery, too. It's not a mystery. And um, so if you read The Rise and Fall of the uh, Roman Empire, you'll see that exactly what, you know, what led to their demise when you get fat and happy you normalize having sex with the young boys uh you you normalize uh, all of these uh, degradations in life um and so i can sum it up in one sentence but we'll talk about it a little more but uh the roman empire fell for many reasons but the main reasons number one invasions by barbarian tribes now of course my parallel is going to be illegals coming in I am no way, shape, or form calling any border crosser a, bar a barbarian, although there are criminals crossing the border. But this, in the Roman times, it was they were called barbarian tribes. They were, they were invading. Uh, economic troubles. Would you say we're in economic trouble in this country, Sandy? Yeah, I would say that would be a, a, an accurate summation. Uh, this is a great analogy, an over-reliance on slave labor. I would say that we have an over-reliance on Chinese labor. Yeah, exactly right. Would, would yeah. you would you use that w parallel? Which, well, it is slave labor. Well, it's China slave labor. So yeah. since we're not the ones committing the slavery, mm -hmm. we're okay with it. Jeff yeah. Bezos and everybody else is, is Nike. They're okay with that, right? And draw the parallel back to uh, you know fourteen ninety two. You know around Columbus in the fourteen late fourteen hundreds, mid fourteen hundreds. It was the same thing. It, the uh, the search for the new land was not about the search for the new land. It was the search for new slaves, and it was done by Correct. Spain. You know, it was fi financed by Spain for that particular reason. But 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 I was told it was f for spices. <laughs> yeah, it was for spices. <laughs> it was for people. We know. Yeah. Another one interesting overexpansion. I would consider the parallel today overexpansion getting involved in every other country's problems. Which is what they did also. I mean, their, mm. their military, their military um, used to be designed to just uh, protect the Roman Empire, but then they started getting involved in being the world's policeman person, whatever you want, mm -hmm. whatever news speak is for today. Another one was uh, excessive military spending. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. because the military-industrial complex. Right. And the same thing in Rome. The generals wanted more and more money because the bigger their military got, the more power they had. Right. And it's always been about power, and money Correct. has always been about funding that. And and you have the same thing. You know, I, I, how long have we had an endless war? Pretty much uh, since as, uh, as long as I can II, remember. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. As far as we can remember. I, I don't I, ever remember our country not being at war. Do you? No, I can't. I can't remember. We always have our fingers somewhere, yeah. and now we're going to be going to war with uh, for Taiwan and for uh, the Ukraine. Yeah, of so course. Yeah, the war hawks are freaking out. The military-industrial complex—they're they're all sitting around with bated breath, waiting to become trillionaires. Now, right, exactly. it's the only way yeah. they can get richer than uh, Jeff Bezos, Mark Zucker, and uh, Elon Musk is if they start a war. But even those guys will get rich because they have all of the infrastructure to move materials and build stuff anyway. Yep. So they'll get richer and richer, and richer. And you know what? A couple of hundred thousand young men and women will die in this country, Expendable. and tens and thousands will be PTSD scarred and missing limbs and eyes mm -hmm. and stuff. And does the machine care? No, no. it does not. No. It never did. 
one of the next reasons why the Roman Empire fell was <clears throat> government corruption. Hmm. Which is a, a human characteristic, right? I mean, Correct. Anytime there's power, there's corruption. And the last thing was political instability. Yeah. Okay, and uh, we're always in political instability right now because there's one party against we the people. But you think about Rome. Rome's reign was for over 1,500 years. They built a massive network of roads. They oh, yeah. constructed elaborate public sewers. If you go anywhere in Italy, you go to Rome or something, the aqueducts and the running water in the fountains, people bring bottles and fill them in. They were built by the Romans. Right. And they're still running. Yes, they are. The aqueducts are still running. And their history was filled with conflicts, life story, you know, love stories, treacherous leaders. We've seen it all with Hollywood with Caesar and Anthony and Cleopatra and everything. But for everything that Rome contributed to society with their meteor, me meteoric rise, right? Mm -hmm. They died rapidly because of the things we just discussed. Exactly. And we are in we are the Roman Empire now. It's accelerated faster for us because of electronic communication. Yeah, exactly. Right. right? We're working at ten speed instead of one speed. Right. All right. We're we're in tenth gear right now. They were stuck in one year. They only had one gear because of technology and communication. It took slow it, it took a longer time for them to destroy themselves. Right. We're, we're headed fast. And every empire in this world, if you look at every empire from the Egyptian Empire, Greek Empire, Ottoman Empire, Middle East, anywhere, they've all had their peak. The French Empire, the Spanish mm -hmm. Empire, the Portuguese Empire, and let's talk about the English Empire. The British Empire, absolutely. Okay, the British yeah. Empire had added all for the longest time. Oh, yeah. All right, now what do they have? The They're sun holding never set on, on Britain. Correct. They're holding a, 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 they're holding a piece of Ireland by a thread and they have their country they're right. done right they just got knocked out of the bahamas yeah right really they're exactly the, the, right they yeah. just got knocked out yeah and the bah bahamian government is just saddled up with china yeah china is uh has become the world force and it is done yes. it economically and you know uh like i said the you know the uh, <laughs> the the person i i used to drive a limousine for many 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 tides ago um, it said to me that uh, they do it. <clears throat> the, the Chinese government had a 50-year plan or 100-year plan of which it was halfway through. And that was about, I'm going to say, almost 50 years ago. And, you know, not quite, but, um, and it has come to fruition. And he said, we will do it by, by producing cheap goods because uh, while you struggle with your labor unions, our uh, total compensation is a fish head and a bowl of rice. Correct. So. Correct. So it's not good. So please read the rise and fall of the Roman Empire. I prefer the one by Barry Linton, but there are many of them. And they're all written in different perspectives. But lo and behold, the end result is that due to invasions, economic troubles, over-reliance on, say, slave labor, I say cheap imports, over-expansion, military spending, government corruption, and political instability. Man, we are there. We are ready for the implosion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The next book I want is the classic dystopian novel, 1984, yeah, which was Orwell. written by George Orwell in 1949. Yep. And he thought this was going to happen by 1984. He was only off by about 20 years. It's interesting too because Orwell was a um, was a socialist. He was a Fabian socialist. Yes, yeah. yes. And, you know, again, he wrote it about Stalin and about the Germans, uh, but the the Nazi Party were democratic socialists, of which the Fabian socialists, you know, patterned themselves after. And, and there are so many words like Sandy used the word "newspeak" before, mm. so we we. We treat, we treat, we call something what it's not, right? But what it really is, we right. change the wording, but it has the same meaning. He talked about double think, yep. Big Brother. Big Brother is watching you. That's Orwellian, right? Yeah, That's right, dystopian. Right, right. Even Orwellian the, is comes the phrase Orwellian comes from 1984. Yes, the one thing that you learn right away when you when when you read Orwell is the TV works both ways. Yeah. Oh, surprise, surprise. How about your laptop computer or any any television, any television that is new that is hooked up to the Internet? Or Sandy, I'm at work. 
I'm like, Gary, you know, when I was a kid, I used to go to a bar and they used to have pickled eggs and yeah, pigs, yeah, yeah. pig's and knuckles. Pig's feet. Yeah, pig's uh, knuckles. Uh, pig's feet the, and pig's yeah. knuckles right, on right, a bar, right? Right, right. I said that to Gary. An hour later, I'm on my computer and an ad came up for pickled foods. Oh, man. How did that happen, Sandy? <laughs> Well, you know, thank our friends at Google for that. Seriously. Yeah. I'm talking, who talks about, who brings up pickled eggs and pickled pig's feet in a normal conversation, right, and yeah. then you see an ad for yeah. a purveyor of this crap mm -hmm. somewhere in the Midwest. There's a company that makes it. You can order entire jars, just like the bars had them. I'm like, wait a minute. How did this come up out of my head? And here I'm getting ads for hemorrhoidal cream for some stupid Well, you are a pain in the ass. Uh -huh. I see. That's what it is. <laughs> so, Orwell, there's mass surveillance, okay? You can't violate any freedom of expression or anything. You really, you know, I always say all the time, 1984, now available in nonfiction. Yeah, right. And it's 100% the truth. And Orwell is a very easy book to read. Uh, uh, it was not written heavy duty, but once you see how Big Brother works and the government, and we, we are pretty much there. We are a surveillance state now. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, just like they're going after everybody from the January 6th, a.k.a. insurrection. You know, there's subpoena and phone records now and text records from even members of sitting members of Congress, too. I mean, you want to talk about witch hunts and stuff. This is no different than like when they punish the Tea Parties. Right, exactly right. The Tea Party's like, we're going to start our own party because neither party represents us. Really? And the party in power says, we're going to use the Department of Justice, the IRS, and everybody else, and we're going to crush you bastards into a nub so that you will disappear. Lo and behold, 10 years later, where's the Tea Party today? Gone. Gone. It's Gone. just a distant memory. Where's That's Trump? Gone. Gone. Yeah. He's not even on social media. No. He's been erased. And right. erased is in Orwell's book, by Absol the way. Absolutely. You can get erased. Yep. You get erased. You, you, you get depersoned, you know. Uh, depersoned. Depersoned. And, and, you know, what's interesting is is the you can substitute in Orwell's book, they, they have a thing that's called the... The, the main protagonist is is a uh, is a name uh, Winston Smith, and he works for the um, what, what is it the uh, Ministry of uh, Truth. Ministry of Truth. Truth. And um, you can look at social media today, the social media gods as being the Ministry of Truth. There's a, a very interesting parallel to uh, social media and the Ministry of Truth that com continues to rewrite. Uh, his job is to go back and rewrite history according to what the whatever Big Brother says it will be. And if something, if Big Brother predicted a particular thing and it didn't come uh, to fruition, he goes back and he rewrites that so it actually did. Big Brother actually did predict this was going to happen. Oh, Sandy, if you pissed off the government, you become an unperson. An unperson, yeah, okay. unperson. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yes, unperson. you're an unperson. You're not even a person anymore. You're yeah. dehumanized. Yeah. Okay, and what did the Nazis do? They dehumanized the Jews and the other air brackets, undesirables, before right. they slaughtered them all, right? And what do so we that's do today? Part of the plan. Uh, uh, what do we do today with the shaming and depersoning and removing people from, from history? Woke. Right. We're removing people woke like me getting stripped from social media platforms, right? right? Exactly. I, uh, my words do not exist anymore. Right. Yeah, my never thoughts did exist. do not exist. Yeah. Exactly. We delete a My Twitter, 70,000 followers, my entire Twitter feed for like eight years, completely gone. There never was an Anthony Glenn. Nope. Whatever. It's gone. Mm -hmm. It's amazing what they do. So, and of course, they talk in 1904. Everybody's a rat. Everybody's ratting on each other. Yeah, right. So right. you can't even confide in anybody. Mm -hmm. You can't say to your next door neighbor, boy, what this kind of shit's going on right here now. You will disappear. Kind of like uh, New Jersey you. gun owners, isn't it? Oh, uh, you know, man. where you're afraid to even say that you have a, uh, you know, an interest in firearms or that you even own a firearm or have a firearms ID card. You don't tell your neighbor that. Nope. Nope. So the next the next book I'd like to talk about um, is 1984. Uh, excuse me, is Animal Farm by George Orwell. Okay. And this came out before 1984. It came out in 1945. And uh, Sandy, how many times did you read Animal Farm? Oh wow, I can't even remember. What What Orwell is doing with Animal Farm is he's knocking the evolution of the government. Yeah. which you can also see with the rise and fall of the Roman Empire and including every other government in the history of this third rock from the sun and the history of the United States, how everybody is equal, but 
some people are more equal than others. <laughs> right. And, you know, in Orwell, the animals, all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. Okay? Four legs bad, two legs good. Four legs bad, two legs good. Exactly. Because the pigs started to learn how to walk on their hind feet. Right. And this is no difference than in our country now where we have the three tiers. Yep, exactly. All right, we have the elites, which are the top tier, and then we have the law-abiding um, taxpaying citizen is the third tier, and the illegals and the criminals are the second tier, which are the useful idiots for the first tier. Nothing that's happening today hasn't happened. Uh, history's replete with examples of what's exactly happening today, and it's, it's all based on human nature. And, and these, um, these writers uh, had a way, and if you look at the times that these, no, these novels were written, they were written at times when socialism was really strong and really powerful um, and, and was trying to make a, a, a comeback. You know, again, we talk about that swing, that pendulum swing back and forth between the me generation and the we generation. And um, you start to see the same frame come back and the same ideas uh, being extolled as being the solution to problems that really kind of aren't problems, but oh, everybody always wants power. And, and there are ways to get power. You know, when the animals take over the farm and they have the seven commandments of animalism and the most important of which is all animals are equal, yeah. okay? And they paint it in large letters on the side of the barn. And in the beginning, they um, take all the rations and stuff and they split it up evenly. Socialism. Okay? Yes, but then the pigs elevate themselves to position of leadership and set aside special food items ostensibly for their personal health. Democratic okay. socialism. Correct. So remember uh, during the uh, pandemic, Mayor Bill de Blasio had to work out at the gym that was closed for everybody else because that's he right. leads the city and he needs to be healthy that's right. to lead us. Yep, that's exactly that right. Is, that is a direct comparison yep, right sure there. Is. Okay, just like the, the communisms, they get and the... And who, uh, who, uh, who got vaccines first when vaccines were first developed? The Cuomo family and That's all the right. politicians. Every single one of them, and their friends, the friends of the politicians. Of course, and the high-risk people died. Right, right. Frontline people were not getting vaccines, but the, 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 uh, the people who were um, in power were getting vaccines. So as the years progress on the farm, the pigs start to resemble humans as they walk upright, carry whips, drink alcohol, and wear clothes. And the seven commandments are abridged to just one phrase. All animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. Okay, And, and it came full circle, too. They went from fighting, uh, fighting the farmer to uh, aligning with the farmer. And isn't that the evolution of every country every and every country. government? That's absolutely it's, right. That's the evolution. Yep. After the revolution, the building starts from the ground up, and then the leaders get fat and happy and put themselves in the second class all by themselves. They're the upper class, the upper crust, the first tier, whatever you want to call them. So, again, required reading is definitely Animal Farm. You, you want to read it. And you see that war and pandemic are the things required. They are the tools of change for the socialist and communist. Sandy, you, you couldn't be any any more correct. So uh, I, I I have a a special spot in my heart from Animal Farm. I must have read it twenty times. Oh yeah. Uh, in my yeah, it's just great. It's, when you, it's you know, good, yeah, it's good. Book. Yeah, it's, the farmers it's so well written too. Yeah, I mean, the farmers try to take back over the farm, and the animals fight back, and the they windmill, win. The, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they get, But, you know, the animals are all supposed to be working harder, but the pigs, being the smarter ones of them all, uh, are the most cunning, I should say, end up resting power, and it was no different. They would have been, all the animals would have been better off if the humans were running the farm, but instead they got the pigs running the farm, and they're not in the greatest position. So, and that's what we have right now. We have the pigs running our government because they are mm -hmm. all pigs. They're they all are rich, all pigs. fat, and happy. Yeah, absolutely right. They go in paupers and come out multi-billionaires and billionaires. Unbelievable. <clears throat> now, did you ever read the, the Jungle by Upton Sinclair? Once a long, long time ago, uh, Sinclair, uh, a devout, devout socialist, devout socialist, but he uncovered the truth 
during the um, the, well, the, the stockyards in, in Chicago. Absolutely interesting thing, yes, because, I mean, the whole, the whole vegetarian, vegan uh, movement uh, came as a result of Sinclair. Yep. Um, and you know who else uh, was the Kellogg boys? Um, the doctors, doctors Kellogg, were from um, Chicago. Were from, well, from the Midwest, but that's where the Seventh Day Adventist Church. Uh, they were members of the Seventh Day Adventist Church, and what the Seventh Day Adventist Church became um, a vegan and vegetarian at that point. I mean, that's where Kellogg's cornflakes uh, came from because it was it was thought that if you were to eat a vegetarian um vegetarianism and rest in in a quiet area so florida was a big uh big place for the rest for rest for the kellogg boys Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. those two and it was amazing how he influenced that he started out trying to promote socialism right and ended up promoting veganism and 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 uh, um and you know he hit him in the he hit him in the stomach versus hitting him in, he aimed for the heart and hit him in the stomach was that the quote um <laughs> you know, aimed for the heart and hit him in the hit him by accident in the stomach yeah. <coughs> but that's where you know modern meat inspection came from because it, 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 it was a horrible industry i mean the meat packing industry in in chicago um you know from a public health standpoint was was a nightmare um the uh, a lot of the meat that was being processed through there was infected meat and many 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 workers were exposed to that uh, to the infections in the meat especially in the swine industry uh where because the swine uh is in, makes an interesting jump usually to humans uh just about every um pandemic we've ever had or every every endemic disease that we've had has been a result of a passing from animal to to human and usually through the swine because we're, we're most closely related that way mm-hmm. and uh, there were so many uh, diseases and so many outbreaks that happened in the meatpacking industry uh, and people were just just being ravaged uh, because the you know the meatpacking industry was just taking sick Sick cat, sick cows, sick pigs, whatever, and slaughtering them, and people were being exposed to it, and that's where the Meat Inspection uh, Act actually got its birth, the USDA. And and make no bones about it, Sinclair was a, a devout socialist. Oh yeah, he died a socialist. He was oh, constantly yeah. pushing socialism. Oh, but yeah. as a journalist, he uncovered what was going on in the uh, Chicago meat uh, packing industry and the meat industry, yeah. which was um, when you read the book, it's horrid because, you know, whatever scraps were left on the floor, oh, yeah. they ground it up and they <laughs> chopped meat or sausage, sausage or whatever. Or they, yeah. they didn't throw anything out. I mean, it was disgusting, dirt and everything. That but. was the that was the expression where the expression comes from, you know, seeing how the sausage is made. Correct. You don't want to see how the sausage is right. made. And they were also they were they were killing the animals very inhumanely. Oh yeah, you know I mean yeah. it was just it was just horrible. Yeah. But what what the lesson is, which is a, an evolution that has never stopped, is he came from Lithuania. He was a Lithuanian immigrant. There was no money in mm-hmm. Lithuania, so he immigrated to the United States and he ended up in Chicago, and he started working in the meat packing plant. And of course, he was looking for a place to live. And one of his own brethren, who was a Lithuanian who spoke the same language as him, uh, said, oh, we have a deal for you. You know, you uh, we have a house that you can rent with the option to buy, blah, 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 blah. And they took him on a tour and showed him a house and they got him to sign the papers with his with his wife. He had just gotten married. And it was basically one of his contracts where you'll never get out of it. The house that he was given was a shack. Would nothing work? Everything was wrong with it. It was unsanitary. And we're talking here about the protagonist of, of uh, Sinclair's story, right? Correct. Which was Jerg Jergens or Jerg Jergens was it? Jergis Jergis Jergis. Yes. So, Jergis. Uh, so the the whole story shows how how someone ends up being like an indentured servant. Yeah. He could not escape it. No matter how right. hard he worked, how much he worked, he always at the end of the week owed more money. Than he got, and he went from one scam to another, and all of the scams were perpetrated by people who were from Lithuania. They had just gotten there first, they had no heart, they were slick, and they ripped off their own kind, which you see everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, the greatest owners of, yeah, mafia, number one. The the greatest owners of slaves were, were, were Africans. 
Uh, and the Africans were the ones who immediately turned and 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 profiteered off their own off their own people. The the, the mafia, the, the La Cosa Nostra. It's the same thing. They they profiteered off their own people. It's it's just. That's why they call it a con game, a confidence game. Yes, right. You will trust your own kind That's before right. an outsider. Yep. But I, I just uh, I think forget the socialism aspect. Everybody should read the book to see how people get ripped off, how people get sucked in. Um, you know, um, and it's the story of all our our ancestors. Everybody. Yeah. That's why judging people today by something that the ancestors right. did a hundred years ago right. is bullshit. And this book was written in 1906, by the way. Right. Right. Uh, so we're talking 115 years ago. Right. And not much has changed. Just the cons have changed. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah, right. It's, it's the same. Yeah. It's basically, it's the the mechanism of con. Right. C- c- correct. Yeah. That's correct. about it. You know, it's always the promise of a better thing, a better Absolutely. life, or whatever. And the people that are selling it to you tend to be the ones you trust it the most. Right. Yeah. And uh, you want to uh, read the book. I thought it was a great book, and uh, I didn't turn out to be a commie after reading the book, just so you know. So none <laughs> yeah, so of you have no, to worry about There's no danger that. there. Yeah, right. yeah I'm, uh, I'm actually yeah, I'm pretty good, I think. I don't think I turned into a commie. Remember propaganda in the war? Uh, loose lips sink ships. Mm-hmm. And then they had one kill a commie for mommy. Could you imagine if they had that today? <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, my God. That's I mean, true. these were war. Yeah. Yeah. Propaganda. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. holy! Moly, How else are you going to get young men to to <laughs> sacrifice their lives uh, for an ideal? You know, you see Rosie the Riveter, right, and you know, right, you see right. stuff like buy U.S. bonds and you know, right. uh, war Uncle bonds Sam or whatever. Yeah, needs you. <coughs> we want you. Yeah, I want you. Through. But yeah. kill a commie for mommy. Yeah, that was, wow. Yeah, they were. They I don't know if that's very... going today. You know, China <laughs> would protest. Because they run our government, and, so and that would never happen. And it would never win. Right, exactly right. It would be someone, whoever came up with that, would be depersoned on social media. Because unpersoned. Unpersoned. Same thing, though. Depersoned, unpersoned, same thing, just different Different, different year. Different, yeah, that's right. How much time do we have before we get to the next book? Well, I think we have to take a little bit of a break right now. Take a break, please. fighting crime the old-fashioned way? Now cut crime in half the time with a fast, easy money-saving solution. Introducing the Shipbaggerator, this year's all-new crime deterrence marvel from the makers of Gun For Hire Radio. The Shipbaggerator's compact design makes it quicker and easier to use than jail cells, parole boards, lethal injections, or those costly, outdated electric chairs. Just park your Shipbaggerator in the town square. Open the lid and drop the ship bag in. It's that simple. There's no wrong way to use it. Back and forth, side to side, round and round, ship bags go in and come out as a mound. Super sharp stainless steel blades that never need sharpening do all the work. Slice ship bags so thin they only have one side. Built strong to last, they slice through even the toughest ship bags. Murderers, rapists, child molesters, no problem. Just set it to high, and the ship baggerator's powerful patented motor will handle them three at a time. No muss, no fuss, no bogging down. Just pop the top, drop them in, and watch as the powerful counter-rotating blades pull any size ship bag through at two feet per second. Amazing. Cleanup is a breeze. Just rinse with a fire hose or run it through the car wash. There's even a pulse setting for serial offenders. Save up the worst and delight the crowds on the 4th of July. Who needs fireworks when you've got the ship baggerator? And it's portable, so you can take it anywhere. But wait, there's more. For a limited time, we'll send you four additional sets of special stainless steel blades that never need sharpening. So now you can chop, slice, dice, and cube. The ship baggerator and four specialty blades, all for the same low, low price. Unbelievable. So don't wait. Call and get yours today. The ship baggerator is available only at Gun for Hire Radio. Operators are standing by. Okay, we got that over with. 
You sure? Yes, we did. All right, some housekeeping. Marty's V-Burger, martysvburger.com. Uh, order it, and on Fridays you can pick it up at Freakin' Vegans in Prospect Park. Uh, decoding Firearms, John Petrolino, we talked about. It's here already. The Gun Lawyer Podcast by Evan Knappen. You better listen to it. The Quarantine Crawl. Support those who support you. Uh, my book, Crime Proof, crimeproofbook.com. Traders you have can, been stripped. Yes. you can. Uh, I've been selling a lot of books for the holiday season. I've been getting a ton of feedback, so I appreciate all your support. Uh, let's see. Oh, the Coalition of New Jersey Firearms Owners will be having a Ute shoot here on Sunday, March 27th. They're looking for donations. Are you going to shoot Utes? Ute shoot, yes. Our newest sponsor is Dr. Joe Sambatero. His website is OptimalHealthWellnessNJ.com. Go check out Dr. Joe. OptimalHealthWellnessNJ.com. NJ.com. It is Concierge Medical. For a nominal monthly fee, he is your doctor, like he is my doctor. And we're having uh, Gun for Hire people are signing up with the doc. He had a bunch of people reach out. He had a bunch of people sign up. I can't give their names because of HIPAA guidelines, I think. Yeah. When did that ever stop me from anything? I will be emailing a list of all the people who signed up and what is wrong with them when I get a chance. <laughs> and their test results. <laughs> and as well as test results. Thank you very much, Sandy. I almost forgot that. And you can st- you can avoid that by sending a $100 contribution to... <laughs> you can buy my silence. No one will know about that lance you had, that the boil you had lanced from your arse. If you send me the hundred dollars, or the real reason for the penicillin, yeah. Oh, ouch! (laughs) Uh, The other thing is, you know, we have a ton of classes listed listed online, and uh, we're starting some leagues here. We're starting a excuse me, a ten twenty two Ruger Fun League. I ordered um, twelve guns for the ten port range. Iron Sight Rugers, all identical. And it's going to be a fun league. It's going to be 30 rounds of 22 ammunition once a week for 12 weeks. And we're going to take your top 10-week score, aggregate score. We will drop off your two lowest weeks. Or if you couldn't make a week or two because of vacation or health or whatever, it'll be 10 weeks out of the 12 we'll use your score. We will have an award ceremony. We will have plaques or trophies. We are also going to put a thing here on the wall where we have the uh, shooter scores as well as a web page. And it's going to include the guns, the ammo, range time, and everything. It's going to be a nominal fee. It's going to include the ammo as well. And we're going to have age groups uh, 8 to 12, 13 to 17, 18 to 55, and 56 to sarcophagus. What is the, uh, what are you going to do? Are you going to do standing? It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be uh, standing offhand, mm-hmm. and it's going to be three mags of 10 at a similar to an NRA slow fire target. Very nice. Which is really small. So you, you get a maximum score of 30 and a maximum of 30 X's. You know, so that's how we'll measure it. And we will have the teen shooting next to the sarcophagus, but, you know, you'll be in a different category. Now, if this comes off successful and we get a good interest, then we'll have an open class. People could bring their own guns. Then we'll start some center fire leagues and pistol leagues and everything. But you got to start somewhere. I want to, this idea. is a cultivational thing. And so many people are emailing and coming in and going, I'm bringing my daughter. I'm bringing my wife. I can't yeah. wait till this starts. We're all going to sign up. And I'm looking at something like it's going to be like a 150 bucks for the 12 weeks nice and that's going to include refreshments ammo the guns range time if oh, they need ear protection well what i want to do is i don't want to make any money and whatever money's left at the end i want to use it for uh prizes like plaques or yeah, whatever yeah yeah you know you know it, to me it's just two hours or so of the range i don't know the the dead drop dead date yet but let's figure like let's say it's going to be thursday from 6 to eight thirty or something nice so you can just come in yeah yeah and shoot. If we get 10 people, we'll shoot a whole line. If five people come in, we'll shoot five on the line. You know, ready on the left, ready on the right, ready yeah, on the firing yeah. line. And then the targets are going to be scored, and we'll have volunteer help and everything, dads, moms, kids, teenagers, or whatever. I- I'm excited. Matt's going to uh, develop a morale patch for it. You know, oh, we'll probably yeah, get shirts nice. made eventually. But, again, it's called the Fun League. And don't get me wrong, I love the shooting sports, but if we did an NRA small bore league, there's like 65 page of rules. 
Yeah, right. right. <clears throat> and uh, there's a place for that. If you dedicate your career to that, you want to be a small bore shooter or something, and you want to follow those rules and wear the vest and shoot prone, like there's 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 the uh, the, the range in Carteret you can go to Lake Island Junior Rifle Club. All right, right. They're right. they're open, so check out Lake Island Junior Rifle Club. But this is going to be a fun match for us. We're calling it the fun match. The other thing is uh, we're starting in January the Glock Shooting Sports Foundation matches. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, where you win guns. Uh, Glock uh, gives guns away as prizes. What we're going to do is we're going to do something a little... Or in bit... New Jersey, it's pictures of guns, right? <laughs> pictures of guns. Pictures. Now, now, most ranges, when they host a Glock Shooting Sports Foundation match, they usually uh, charge like $25 each match. Of course, i got to upset the Apple cart. What we're going to do is if you're a member of the range, there's not going to be a registration fee. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's only going to be a registration fee if you're a non-member to the range. So, uh, you know, I think that's going to be uh, pretty cool. So look out for all of that to be announced pretty soon. So while we're talking dystopian, the next book I'd like to recommend, recommend it reading. And Tracy loved this book. Uh, and uh, Sandy, I don't know, did you like Lord of the Flies by William Golding? Uh, was it one of my favorites? Uh, right, but here's why I like it. You know why? Because I had to read it back in high school. Oh, you were forced to read it. Yeah. Well... The Lord of the Flies was written in 1954 by William Golding, and the book focuses on a, a group of British boys from England who were uh, stranded on an uninhibited island and their disastrous attempt to govern themselves. And, of course, they go through groupthink and individuality between rationale and emotional reactions and between what's moral and what's immoral. The thing is it shows you how... If you put a group of kids, like this, take kindergarten kids and put them in a, in a playground, yep. you're going to have a leader. You're going to have five followers. You're going to have a troublemaker. Yep. You're going to have somebody who's trying to organize everybody like the union. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you're yep. going to have somebody who's trying to break the organization. Right. It's just human nature. Yeah. And the right. more people you have in that playground, the more opinions you're going to have and the more conflict you're going to have. All right. And then you see how you outcast people. Oh, we can't get this person, you know, to conform. So we're going to banish you. Right. Or you from, get from picked the last all the time for kickball. Correct. You get picked last. Or you're in dodgeball. You're always the one dodging the ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're always it. Yeah. <laughs> but it leads, it escalates to violence. Yeah. Right. You know, it, it escalates to this, it goes to this bad place. Uh, and uh, it just shows you this is what happens in any society. Yeah. Okay, you know, sharpening sticks and stabbing each other. And, and if, if, you, if you watch it, you know, they, they start, they're like warring factions. They start to battle each other. Right, right, right. And uh, that's, that's what you'll see if, uh, if you read the book. I thought the book was uh, phenomenal. Um, you know, I have to reread it again. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, stuff you have to read when, you are a, uh, when you're a kid. That, Hello, Sorry about that. I had to turn the radio on real quick. No problem. I'm just checking something. With Everyone's enjoying it. So yeah. Thank, I'm sorry about the radio. I'm a little slow. But read the <laughs> Lord of the Fries. Fries. Oh, now I want French fries. I know. See, now there you go. Now, this happens to be uh, Walter Haas, one of his favorite books. And it's called A Brave New World. Uh, Huxley. By Huxley. Yeah. Aldous Huxley. And uh, this is another dystopian social science fiction that was written in 1931. Yep. Did you like Brave New World? I did. <clears throat> and again, um, height of socialism. Height of socialism. Mm -hmm. Again, it's a reflection where history just continually repeats itself. Yeah. And again, Huxley was a Fabian <clears throat> socialist. Uh, again, but we can learn from them. Yeah. They're telling us it's coming. They're giving us the playbook that the left is following. <laughs> yes, exactly. And we on the right have it at our disposal right. and we don't right. read it. Right. And in Huxley, it's this empty society. Yeah. Okay. People are physically attracted to each other and they can't have any courtship. They can't have any romance. Otherwise, they become a ward of the state. They go through deep conditioning. And that was sort of the same theme, too, of uh, 1984, too. Correct. They're very, very close in parallel, the two yeah. books. Um, I prefer 1984. Walter Haas prefers uh, Huxley, but, excuse me, uh, but both extremely great lessons. I think that uh, Brave New World is 
written deeper than 1984, yeah, to I be honest so. with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, excuse me, but it's no different where you read about all society's methods of keeping citizens peaceful, which includes their constant consumption of soothing, happiness-producing drug called Soma. Right. What right. do we have in this country for drugs? We have salt. We have fat. We have television. You got real drugs too that are that are allowed. This war quote war on drugs. You will finally realize that by now it is a joke. It is not anything that anyone was in power was interested in stopping. Same thing happened during uh, the Weimar Republic. Correct. And, you know, with this, all this um, artificial intelligence and stuff, one thing in 1984 is, you know, citizens are engineered through artificial wounds. Yeah, right. And child indoctrination programs are predetermined, and there's a predetermined caste system based on intelligence and labor. Uh, which was always part of the Fabian Socialism uh, movement. I, I mean, this is where things like social justice were born. Uh, and, but but the, the original form of social justice, not, not what has been, it's been bastardized into now. And eugenics came purely out of uh, Fabian Socialism. It is a socialist mainstay to say that we can breed out the undesirables. That's where Planned Parenthood was first designed. Yes. What's up, Margaret Sanger, Margaret right? Margaret Sanger, yeah. She was a huge <coughs> eugenicist and Fabian yep. socialist. So now next book we're going to discuss is uh, probably Sandy's favorite book on this list, Atlas Shrugged <laughs> yeah, by Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand, yeah. Ayn Rand wrote this book in 1957. And it was her fourth and final novel. It was also her longest. I, I thought The Fountainhead was longer. I but, did, too. I thought yeah. it was. But I, I guess, no, that was shrugged. It is pretty thick, yeah. But who is John Galt? If anybody has been involved in any type of government dealings or if anybody's been involved in their own business, whether it's a small business or a large business, when you read Ayn Rand's <laughs> Atlas Shrugged in 57, you're like, holy shit. Every time the government comes out with something to make uh, it easier for me. From the sign police to... <laughs> they make it harder for me. Yeah, exactly. Everything the government pokes in, the government uh, yeah. keeps getting richer. And they keep putting the small guys out of business. And crony capitalism at its best, where it's so bad that these people, the, the free thinkers, escape yeah. to a valley or a gulch, right? A it was gulch. called a gulch, yes. Yeah. They escape to a gulch yeah. to start Galt's over gulch. again. Go ahead, Galt's Gulch. Well, who is John Galt? And if you read this whole book from uh, copper mines in Chile to manufacturing in the United States yeah. and everything, and again, there's, it follows this whole socialist trend, but it shows how the government is in bed with the big businesses. Like, you know, back in the day, we talk about the big three. When Remember when Tucker tried to come out with a car? Eh, squash. Right. <laughs> Every small manufacturer right. that tried to launch a, a, a vehicle. The Edsel. The, yeah, the Edsel. The government and the manufacturers got together, mm -hmm. and they made sure that that never came to fruition. Firestone, uh, Carnegie. Um, who else was there? Ford. Ford. Do you realize Elon Musk is not allowed to have dealerships? Do you know that? Yeah. He yeah, can't have car oh, dealerships. Yeah, that's right. They're afraid to have him have yeah. car dealerships. They don't have car dealerships. He's How in malls. How dare you? Yeah, right. Exactly. He, he gets storefronts in malls. Right. Because the government, with the big three, five, six, eight, nine, whatever it is now, are de we're deathly afraid of him. Right. So if you read Atlas Shrugged, you're going to be like, and, and if you get the, the saying there, you know, because Atlas is supposed to hold up the earth. Right. And Ayan is saying that, you know, he shrugged because he couldn't handle it anymore. Right. All right. It's just hard to uh, hold up the earth when you're fighting against everything. Because what the, in this book, the government, every productive company, the government breaks it up. Yeah. And, and, and makes them share the market with weaker, less efficient competitors and eventually they like go out of business and the government just keeps tightening up regulations on their industries that's why we don't have any lead smelting plants in this country that's right 
because the government broke them all. And they did a lot of it, they did it on purpose because all of the work went to China and India and Mexico and other third world countries where there was no regulations and it could be made cheaper. And lo and behold, most of those new companies, the players are the people from the old companies. Yes, exactly right. Yeah. So the government says, we're going to shut your plant down and we're going to give you some subsidy money to open up in Mexico. It wasn't just that. It happened with pineapple, too. Pineapple uh, became the, um, uh, the cash crop. And pineapple was, uh, you know, it was originally grown in just small places. And then um, they outlawed growing pineapple uh, in, in areas that were part of the United States. And then the same people who did that became the... Um, that you know the, the power brokers in pineapple <clears throat> dull yeah you know <laughs> so uh, yeah interesting so atlas shrugged is it definitely required reading if you want to get deep into economics I one of my favorite books is the road to serfdom uh, by Hayek yeah. Have you, did you ever read that book Sandy I did uh, ooh, many years ago yes I did so Hayek wrote this book in uh, between 1940 and 1943, and he was Austrian and British. He was an economist. economist. And uh, the road to serfdoms that influenced the political imagination of conservative and classic liberal thinkers, both sides. And he sold over two million copies of, the, of this book, by the way. And uh, he argues that Western democracies, including the U.S., the United Kingdom, have progressively abandoned that freedom in economic affairs with which personal and political freedom has never existed in the past. Society has mistakenly tried to ensure continuing prosperity by centralized planning, which inevitably leads to never works. failure. Never, okay. never, never, never works. Correct. And that's what happens when the government says, we're going to subsidize something. Right. We are going to limit what you can or cannot do. Whenever the government steps in and says, well, we're going to pay you not to grow this. And you have to let capitalism work on its own. Right. The cream will rise Pure to capitalism, the top. Though. Not pure capital. capitalism like we've had for the past hundred years, but pure capitalism, the invisible hand, that has to that has to all work properly without without the influence of government. What we have right now with the crony capitalism is more like socialism than it is on cap, of capitalism. Correct. And that's why it's falling apart. So how familiar does this sound? Hayek said that centralized planning is inherently undemocratic uh, in his view because it requires that the will of a small minority be imposed upon all the people. Uh, the, in every aspect everything, of Everything, the woke people. Every the woke people, you have to conform 100% right. to, to the yep. 27,000 alphabet people. And because or, uh, you believe you're a pine tree, I have to now believe you're a pine tree and address you as a pine tree. Correct. And we're talking the book. The book is 70, 80 years old. And then the power of these minorities to act by taking money or property in pursuit of centralized goals destroys the rule of law and individual freedoms. Okay? Eminent domain. No, eminent domain. We're taking your property. But right. it's my property. It's been in my family 125 no, years. No more. Uh, we don't care. Right over here by the range is the... Um, the cedar what the hell is it called the great notch Inn. Yeah, it's been yeah. here over 100 years well we're doing a new highway we're three and 46 merged so we're going to give you a market fair market value for your property uh no you're not uh yeah we are under eminent domain okay hold my beer he went out and he <laughs> filed he filed that he's of um exactly right. antique uh, not yeah, antique right. uh, um historical historic yeah, yeah yeah guess what they had to build around them damn right they did but for every win, there's a thousand losses. Right. And what did that cost him? Correct. Uh, but but know. he won. But for every win, there is a thousand losses, unfortunately. Absolutely right. And uh, so he won. And it's funny when you see how the highway was oh, built it's and, just the, beautiful. and the bypass road it went is around just it. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Correct. And a lot of the customers for the Great Notch Inn come here and shoot. And uh, we we've gone. I've been there before. It's a great little place. But so when you read. Um, the road to serfdom, it just says how this small amount of people, mm -hmm. so you see how it happens in the government, you see how it happens in banking, okay? And what he also talks about in um, his book is social welfare. Yeah. 
And yeah. we talk about this all the time, yeah. okay? And the only way you can put stuff in this social welfare is there's, it's brutal methods where you take property from others. Right. And the oligarchs in this country, the people that have it all already now, they don't care because they're never going to lose theirs. But again, this is all this is all has its roots now in the new social justice. Social justice is, is about taking things from people who have it and giving it to people who don't have it, aka communism. <clears throat> Correct. So giving people stuff that you stole from other people is okay. Yes. But taking stuff from people who earned it fair and square is is okay. But giving stuff to – I'm trying to figure that out. I screwed it up. It's okay for them to take stuff from me that I worked hard for, right? Right, and give it to somebody who hasn't worked for it. Yeah, that's okay. It's supposed to be acceptable today. I'm well, not happy with justice. that. that's social justice. I work seven days a week. Right. Seven days a right. week. Right. You want what I have, you have to put in what I do. Yeah. But uh, that's somehow lost in the translation. Yeah. We I, used know. to. We used to. Um, purport that we used to teach that in school that was the American dream nothing about chickens in pots or two cars in the garage or a house for everyone it was the fact that if you work your ass off you can get to keep and earn things and buy things or 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 just have things you you were able to earn a house buy a house raise your family better than you were raised that was the American dream. Nothing about being handed anything for free. You know, um, I live in a condo a mile from the range. I have no kids. Um, I work seven days a week. I buy a, a, a new car, a BMW SUV, and I buy it off the lot with 5,600 miles on it. I post a picture, and somebody sends me a message on Facebook. Must be nice. It is. Yeah, I love that shit, though. Yeah, that's M your response. Must, it must is. Must be nice. Yes, Must it be is. Nice. I know. Um, there's your democratic socialist right there. <clears throat> so let's let's get another dystopian book. This is my last pick, uh, and this one's near and dear to my heart because uh, I love to read, and it's Fahrenheit 451. Oh yeah, by Ray Bradbury. Yeah, and this was written in 1953, and Ray Bradbury, uh, the the uh, the lead in this movie uh, in the book, Guy Guy Montag. He's a fireman, but you know what he has to do as a fireman? Burn things. Books. Yeah. He's in charge of book burning. And Fahrenheit 451, uh, just a little, you know, side, fu uh, side fun fact is that's a temperature that paper ignites itself. Correct. Correct. So B Bradbury's book came out in 53. And uh, it's funny because we had a lot of book burning happen in 1956 under the McCarthy era. Yeah, right, right. So it was almost like he was three years ahead of time. Or knew what was going to be happening. Or, or was part of what was happening, really, again. And we have book burning now when Twitter mm -hmm. and Facebook yeah. and all the other uh, masters of the universe ban us. It's digital book burning. Yeah, absolutely it, it's, right. It's, yeah. it's no different. Right. I don't care what anybody wants to argue. There's no different. Look, when, when this... Um, I have to be careful here. When the... Um, <laughs> When the pandemic first broke out, there were four young guys who uh, all were um, uh, critical care specialists uh, from California. One of them happened to be a mountain climber. And, you know, again, you know me with this concept that I call counterthink all the time. So he was, he was the counterthinker in the group. Actually, the whole group was. But this is a guy who looked at something that everybody else looked at and saw something else, which is the definition of a counterthinker. Yes. And um, they, uh, in treating everybody that they first started to see in the first wave, uh, came to the conclusion that they were treating the wrong disease. They basically said, "Look, everybody think everybody's saying we're treating ARDS here, acute, uh, you know, respiratory syndrome, when we should be. When I have patients who are presenting that are entirely different, with different, an entirely different set of." Uh, um, realities that they are uh you know they're cyanotic uh to the point that they're blue and yet they're talking to me like you and i would have a normal conversation 
One of them said this is uh, representative more of high-altitude sickness, and we should not be putting these people on ventilators. We are going to kill them by putting them on ventilators and treat them with these things. We should be giving them steroids to knock these things down. So they started doing videos for doctors. Uh, within about two months, their videos became so popular that they were literally scrubbed from YouTube. Uh, the state of California uh, said if they continue uh, to spread, quote, misinformation, which was against what the accepted World Health Organization said they could, uh, which was predetermined, by the way, Event 201, for those of you who do care, I was a, a participant, um, the state of California, the hospitals that they had privileges in, all revoked their privileges. State of California said they were going to censure them if they continued to purport this nonsense. Uh, and lo and behold, 18 months later, they're right. But it doesn't really matter. And all science went out the window. Science died in 2020. And that's all I've got to say on the subject. But this is the same thing we're talking about. You know, uh, when you're, this is the modern day book burning. When you start banning videos and scrubbing them from the, from the earth, you're, you're limiting thought. Every single one of these uh, books that we're talking about today, which you should really read, um, all have the same underlying principles all have the same underlying outcomes when bradbury wrote this in 53 about burning books the world did not have the technology it has today no. so people hid books yeah and he hid books he loved books some people and, still do correct yes and he they they would when they found your you had a book in your house they burn your whole house down right Right. Uh, that'll teach you. There was no books allowed anymore because you had to get all your information from Big Brother, the government. Right. And so he was a fireman. And uh, But again, it's no different how the mass media and big tech today are deciding what we read, how mm -hmm. we read it, when we read it, where right. we read it. It's all, it, there's no difference. If, if, if an event happens, uh, a tragic event happens, put on three different, put on MSNBC, put on CNN, put on Fox, right? Fox, you're going to get one thing. CNN, you're going to get one thing. And MSNBC is on the other end of the spectrum. So n nobody just reports the news anymore. Everybody uh, forms and shapes the news. And, and you know, if you look at, uh, you know, like at the, at the gym, right, where you've got 10, 15, uh, you know, by the treadmill area, where in, in my gym, by the treadmill area, they have just a bunch of TVs right across. And you would see, literally, you would see, the talking points begin, and if you could if you could snip each talking point from every single network, you would see all the left leaning networks all had the same talking points, literally minutes seconds after one another. Same words. Same words. Same, same words. words. So yeah. let me. Uh, I think I mentioned this in last week's show. December eighth was Pearl Harbor Day. Right. How many of you saw the media cover the 80th anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor? I don't think I saw it at all. I saw it online because I read the news online. Yeah, yeah. BBC News was running a headline every like 15 minutes. All right. BBC News, United States News, hardly anywhere to right. be found other than like right. Fox, OAN and Newsmax, obviously. But seriously? And then you wonder why we have no kids go in the military and how patriotism is at an all-time low, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is all programming and conditioning. This is Fahrenheit 451. Ministry of Truth. Ministry of Truth. This is a dystopian society. Yeah. Everybody needs to read these books. Listen, how many books do we have here? Forget about uh, Necessary Evil and uh, Decoding Firearms and Crime Proof. Those three you should have read already, you cheap bastards. Uh, Roman Empire, Lord of the Flies. Uh, Brave New World, I'm scrolling through, Atlas Shrugged, Road to Serfdom, Fahrenheit 451. I'm talking about six books here. Six essential reading books. Listen, Get there's plenty audio more books. Have to. It, audio, Kindle, whatever you got to do. Yeah. But we're talking about six books that everybody should read. And for you that haven't read these, or you that haven't listened to these on audio, or haven't or listen, read them on a Kindle, when you do, you're going to be like, Holy shit. And if you read them in high school 41 years ago, yeah, like I, I did, again, right. 
now's a great time to just go through and read them or listen to them on your commute. Most of these books are so old, they're free on Audible. Yeah, yeah absolutely right. Yeah, by the way, yeah, right. Uh, all right. They're like public domain now. Yeah, right. And uh, I just think everybody should read them and your your family should read them and your spouse should read them significant other and you should pass it on and it's great stuff to be talking about at the dinner table yep. rather than dancing with the stars or how fat the kardashians asses are this week right all right these are the things that are important in our life because the government we are in a dystopian society the government is stripping us from our rights they're in cahoots with the big tech and the mass media they're all one party together in the first tier You're and right. sandy it's impossible to buy a house it's impossible to save money it's impossible to take your life to the next level in this country right now it is just freaking horrible so please history repeats itself we need to learn from the past Read these six books I recommended and read the other three books that you should already own or are purchased already, which is Necessary Evil by Kareem Hayes, Decoding Firearms by John Petrolino, and Crime Proof by Anthony Calandro. And that is it. Boy, talk about perfect timing. Sandy, talk about your VHS. Uh, we are raising money for disabled veterans and veterans in need of memory care. And you can join us by going to GoFundMe.com and search for VHS of Ocean County, Victor Hotel Sierra of Ocean County. We are partnering with VHS of Ocean County who will be delivering the care. There are 501c3 uh, community-based home health care and, and uh, memory care organization and they are delivering care to the vets. It takes about 100 bucks a day. You can help us with $5 or $10 or anything you have. Please, let's not forget these folks. Uh, they are in desperate need of care. All of the funding has been cut. Uh, you hear me talk about it every single week, but please, uh, during this season, please open your hearts, open your wallets, five dollars, ten bucks. It's it's not going to hurt you. Um, they I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to hurt you. Well, it looks like you've done it again. You've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun for Hire Radio. Gun for Hire Radio is a kind of think me prescription. Uh, prescription. Yeah. <laughs> 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 The music used in this broadcast is managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. On behalf of our show host, Master Trainer Anthony Calandro, host of author of Crime Proof, Think Like a Criminal and Beat Them at Their Own Game. You can get it at crimeproofbook.com. Go there now. Get one for your friends and family. It still can get shipped there by Christmas. A very Merry Christmas and a Happy Chinunica to all and to all. A good night. From sea to the shine.